All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Y'all enjoying this weather? Man, who, who took their kids hunting yesterday? Yesterday was youth, youth day. Nobody? Dude, I'm about to do a series on taking your kids hunting because that's like important. What's wrong with you people? Uh, I went bow hunting yesterday. I didn't take my kid hunting yesterday. So actually, dang, I just condemned myself. That was not smart. I just stuck my foot in that one. Um, now we, you know, so we have moved. We're all moving to Honey Island, right? Uh, Fort Barker West or Bravo Whiskey in the phonetic alphabet in the military, right? So, uh, yeah, so we're going to, it's going to be my sister. It's going to be my dad, who is Donnie West over here in Sherry West. They're the founding pastors of this church. And, and uh, we've been here since 93. And Lord's just been blessing us. And, you know, we, we've had a dream for a while of, of coming together. And most people are trying to get away from their family. And we're trying to figure out how to, to draw closer together. I mean, I, I mean it's so nice, you know, that, that the kids, they say, I want to go to Grandpa's. Who in the heck wants to get up at 10 o'clock to go pick up your kids or to go bring your kids to the grandparents' house, you know? And uh, now I'm just like, well, get your butt out of the house and go see them. They're right there, you know? I'm so excited about that. You know, because I lived a life when I was a little boy. You know, we, we usually lived in a parsonage. And I could walk in any direction as far as I wanted to go. And I had permission as a child from all the, 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 the people that went to Dad's churches to, to hunt and to fish and to do whatever the heck I wanted to do pretty much. And I'm ready for them to be able to do that and uh, just to be out in the, in the country and, and to, you know, and, and to do all kind of craziness. So we might have to watch Nathan a little bit more, but, you know... Um, Nathan the other day went out there and he rode the four-wheeler. He played with the new dog in the pond and then he played with the goat and then he came up to dad and said, I'm bored. And I'm like, good grief, man. But, but yesterday I went hunting and, uh, <clears throat> you know, y'all know we went to Sabinaw opening weekend of bow season, about nine of us, and then uh, we came home. And I've only, I've only hunted two times here at the New Deer Lease. And it's just, you know, you get older. I remember, I remember, I, I remember if I would have missed a day in my 20s of hunting, I would have pouted for the whole week. Like, I wouldn't have been even worth being around. Ask Christy, you know. And um, so um, so I went hunting uh, the, twice, you know, in, in the new stand. And the first time, Dad and I went, man, we found this big old beautiful oak flat. And it, it, was, just, it was just nice. Because around here, it's pine trees, pine trees, and more pine trees, right? So if you find a plot of land with oak trees on it, man, it's, it's beautiful. And don't y'all get sick of looking at pine trees? <laughs> you know, you can get out in some of these, yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, you get out in some places in the woods, and you're like, I don't even know where the heck I'm at. This looks like it did five miles over there. You know, it looks the same. But, man, I've got this beautiful place, and we set up a lean-to. And the first time I hunted it, I, I'd set, it's a lean-to, right? So you can't, you can't pivot, right? So... I thought, well, I'll just set it up this way so that I can just draw towards where I'm throwing the corn, and I'm just throwing it on the ground because these big bucks are getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Man, if, if you guys would, would get as smart as these bucks are, you know, with the word, man, it'd be crazy what God could do to our churches because these guys are getting where they don't even come out in the daytime. They're smart. They know where they're supposed to be. The opposite, you know, we're supposed to be in the light. They hang out in the dark, right, for their life. We need to hang out in the light. And... um so um, so the first day I hunted, I remember I was sitting there and, and I'm watching the corn and, and, and I hear, boy, I, I hear something behind me. I hear something going. Now, how many of you know what that is? If you're in a tree stand, you hear something going. What is that? It's a dead gum doe, man. 
and and man, I just I just eat, I just kind of eased around. I need to come see you again, Brad. Every time I go bow hunting, man, I get a neck ache because I'm sitting there so s- stiff. Brad, Brad's chiropractor, for those of you who don't know. But so I'm like, I'm easing around, and you're cold, you know, and you're all stiff. And I ease around, I look, and this doe, she's standing there popping that foot. And I'm like, man, she is fixing to bolt. Because usually when they're popping their feet, they're, they're alerted. They're letting everybody else know, hey, there's a hunter in the woods, and I'm fixing to run, and you should too. But, but man, she, she knew I was there, but she didn't know where. She knew I was there, but she didn't know where. Man, she was, she was looking around. And, man, instead of just running, she just the, she made a 100-yard circle loop just popping that foot. Bam. And she'd walk another step. She'd look around. She'd go, bam. Man, she knew. Her, the, the, her, her uh, dear Holy Spirit or discerner was like, man, just, you know, something, something's going on here, you know. I don't know what, I don't know what the heck they talked to, but, you know, hey, it's, it was alerting her. And uh, so I'm like, all right. But, but on my part, my deal is, is, you know what? I let that heifer walk straight up behind me. And I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. And so I went and I took a, I took a lock-on stand that has a 360-degree swivel on it. Why? Because I don't want no deer to escape my wrath. You know what I mean? I want to be able to shoot them wherever they are. And so I, so I just got this lock-on, and I, I put it in the tree right above the, the lean-to. So now I just walk up the lean-to, and, uh, you know, and, and all that junk you got, actually, you know, you got a place to put all your other stuff now on top of the lean-to, and I crawl up there sit in the seat, and yesterday, man, I was sitting there, and this time I was turned in the direction that the deer were coming. They weren't going to, they weren't going to, you know, get anything over on me. They weren't going to catch me unaware. I was going to be watchful, I was going to be alert, and I was going to know where they're coming from, and so, man, I was sitting there, and boy, I saw three deer. It was so beautiful yesterday morning. Man, that fog was in, and, uh, and, it, and it's kind of, it was kind of chilly, and it was kind of nice, and Boy, as the sun started coming up, I started seeing these gray, ghostly bodies, you know, and I could hear the crunching of the corn. Man, it was nice. I could have shot all three of them, but, you know, I, I've already shot a doe. I'm waiting on a big buck, and, and, the, and the two bucks that were there were too little. But uh, the point of it is, though, is this, is the, the reason I was successful yesterday is that I positioned myself for success. I learned the first time. I'm not positioned right. I'm, I'm not going to be, I know that if, if, if I give them the drop on me, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to bust me. They're going to, they're going to, you know, I, you need to know, because when you're bow hunting, you, you have no time to mess around, especially in, in West, in East Texas. I mean, these deer, you don't see them as often and, uh, they're, they're paranoid. And, and so when you, when you see one, you better be ready to take the shot when it appears. And today I want to talk to you about prayer. And, and the Lord just began to show me so many scriptures talks about being watchful in prayer. Be watchful. Be watchful. Pay attention. And we see the word sober. We see the word vigilant. We see these, this, this, this idea that as we pray, we are setting ourselves up to see where is Satan coming into my life? Where is Satan trying to attack uh, Colossians 4.2 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, I want to say this. I want to say this. When we talk, you know, I'm fixing to read the scripture that you've all heard so many times that, that, that we have an adversary of the devil. But I want to remind you of something also the scripture says. It said that God, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
So I'm not, I'm not trying to imply that, that we're to live in fear and that we're to live in paranoia and that we're to live with this constant, oh, anxiety, oh my God, the devil's going to get me. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, though, is being alert to the schemes of the devil because the devil is a schemer. And, and when we read the Lord's Prayer, you know, in Matthew 6, it says, Pray then like this. And we've, we've been talking about this for a month. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So that, that this keeps us in the correct context as we pray. Amen? He is our Father. He is, uh, he is, he is holy. And it says, uh, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's about His will, not our will. It's about His will. It says, give us this day our daily bread. What do you think that's about? What are we, what are we trusting God for? For provision, daily. I mean, we look, we look, to, the pe- we look to the people in Israel. You know, God, God gave them manna, and He gave them water when they needed it. They didn't go to Walmart. They didn't go to the Dollar General. They trusted in the provision of God daily in their lives. And then it, and then it talks about forgiveness. You know, forgives us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We need to, the same way that Christ has forgiven us, we need to forgive those that, 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 that ask for forgiveness from us. Amen? But the last one there, it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The last one. And what, and what he's saying there is this, is you need, to, you need to stay in contact with the Lord about being safe from the works of Satan in your life. And, man, some people, man, they just get all crazy about this stuff. You know, like, man, they can find a devil in anything. You know, oh, the tire went flat. There's a devil in the tire. No, there's no air in your tire. That's why your tire's flat. You see, we start seeing devils and demons in everything. And you know what? Hey, if your tire goes flat, it's not necessarily an attack of Satan. It's just you need to go get a new tire. Things wear out. Things break down. You know, cars break down. Stuff breaks. You know, there's, it's life. And and but but the where Satan where people don't want to deal with Satan is in our minds. Satan attacks our minds. You you read you read about the armor that that Paul talks about, and he ends it with this saying, praying praying consistently. After that, he says you need to wear all this armor, and you need to continuously pray with this armor on. Because as you're praying, you're warring. As you're praying, that is that is an aspect of it. Prayer is not just warring; it's an aspect. But prayer in general is about communing with God, building a relationship with Him, relying Him on, for your needs, loving on Him for His goodness, thanking Him for what He's done, but also being vigilant, being sober against the work of Satan. But He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so we're like, God, guide me. God, lead me. God, give me wisdom. Lord, give me insight. Let me see where I should not be going and let me see where Satan is trying to interfere with my mind and also in my life. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore. So what is, where is the first premise here? Humble. You know, Dad, I mean, Dad, Dad taught me something. I mean, he was, he was dealing with a, an issue in my life, and he was talking to me, and he says, Son, listen, I can't humble you. Only you can humble you. Nobody can humble you but who? You. Nobody can. And so when it, comes to, when it comes to humility, you're the one who decides, I'm going to be humble. You're the one that says, I'm going I'm to submit to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I need, I need to listen to you. I need to obey you. But he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves to be under the mighty hand of God. The hand of a good, good father. 
It's who he is. Amen. And it says, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. It says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Okay? In other words, don't be drunk. And he's not talking about liquor here, but, you know, it could be. But, you know, but, but you, can be, you can never drink alcohol and still be drunk-minded. Be intoxicated. You can be intoxicated in the flesh. You could also be intoxicated in things that you say is biblical, but it's just worldly foolishness. Man, I watch how some of these, some of these secular people on TV are cohabitating with, with preachers of the Word of God, and that stuff don't mix. It gives you this blended view of, 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 of worldliness and, and the Word of God that doesn't, that doesn't gel together. It doesn't mix. It's all in water. And so we need to be sober. And, and, and way, the way we're sober is we read the Word so that we can think soberly, so that we can transform our minds and be wise to the, to the wiles of Satan. It says, but be sober-minded. It says, be watchful. Pay attention. Be awake. Be alert. It says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. But here's the deal. You can't resist him if you don't know he's there. You can't resist him if you are not aware of him being in your presence or, 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 or influencing you. And, you know, one of the greatest stories that Dad, one of the coolest stories that Dad tells me about being in Vietnam, the LPOP story. They were out one night, him and some other guys. And an LPOP is a listening post observation post. And, and what you use an LPOP for is, you know, you're in a fire base or there's a group of Marines or, or, or any, any kind of military uh, unit. But you're, you're, you're all at a base, right? A base of some sorts. But the problem is, especially in the hill country of Vietnam, is there's always little gaps that the enemy can, can get close to you without them being identified or without them being located. And so what you do is you find your weak spots. You, okay, there's a draw here coming up the mountain that you can't see from the main base. So we're going to send a little small unit out there to keep an eye on this area to make sure that the enemy doesn't creep in this way. And so Dad says that him and some new guys were there. Dad Dad hadn't been in a firefight. Dad had a reverential fear of the Viet Cong. This is after. Dad done stepped on a grenade. He's got 140 pieces of shrapnel in his left side, been shot at a couple times, been shot a couple times. So so he was... was, uh, he was sober and he was vigilant as he was in this listening post, you know, knowing that if we don't catch these guys coming through, they're going to get into the main body and, and cause more death and more destruction. But the guys that were with him, there was a new guy. He was a, he was a boot. He just got out of training. He hadn't been in combat. He didn't experience the, 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 what Dad had experienced, and he didn't know the severity of what would happen if he didn't perform his duties and so he wanted to sleep. He wanted to sleep. And so, you know, you, don't, and you, you usually have sleep shifts and whatnot in a listening post, observation post, but Dad kept noticing the guy kept falling asleep. Well, they get into a confrontation. Dad's trying to explain to this young Marine that you can't go to sleep. If you go to sleep, 
you know, we could get our throats slit. We could allow the enemy to come through here and on our watch and, and, and kill everybody. We have to stay awake. Well, he had an attitude. Well, they end up, they end up getting into a fist fight. Here they are out in the middle of the, out in the, middle of the bush, and him and this guy, they're, 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 they're fist fighting, I guess, as quietly as possible. But, I mean, they're, they're scrapping. They're, throwing, they're, they're rolling on the ground, punching and, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, Dad notices a lighter go. And he looks up, and there's a Viet Cong lighting a cigarette. How far from you? 30 foot. And he sees this guy's face. You know, I mean, you ever been in pitch dark, somebody light a cigarette or light something, and, you know, their face lights up? And Dad, you know, they, they got each other by the collar like this, and Dad looks over and went, the enemy's here. And he said he grabbed his 870 pump shotgun. Do what? Oh, Model 12 Winchester. Gave him the good news of the Marine Corps. Said he emptied the shotgun in that guy's direction. It's dark. He said he just gave him all the, all the shot he had, and they, they picked up and ran back to the base and let everybody know, hey, enemy's at the gate. You see, Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's wanting to catch us off guard. He's wanting to come in and assault our minds. He's wanting to bring harm to our children. He's wanting to mess up our marriages. He's wanting us to get bitter against our brothers and sisters in the church. He's wanting to do... You, you, see, you see, the fire base or the fort or whatever it is that we're trying to protect is the kingdom of God. It isn't just us. It's us. It is the body of which we are so undeservingly being a part of. And, and Satan wants to attack. And he is looking for places that he can slip in unaware and unobserved so that he can cause damage as much as he can. And Jesus tells his disciples, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. First Peter 4, 7, he says this, Peter, you know, before he, he says that your adversary the devil seeks whom he may devour, he says in 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is at hand. Now, that was a long time ago. That's a couple thousand years ago he says this. And the world's still going, right? Maybe he, maybe he didn't know what he was talking about. Or maybe he did. I would say he did. What he's saying is this is that Jesus has made the atonement for man. We're, you know, the last days. When are the last days? The last days have been ever since Jesus went back to heaven. The last days have been going on, and the last days are going to continue until Jesus comes back to take those who have professed faith in him home. But he says the end of all things is at hand. In other words, all the things that necessarily have to happen to bring salvation to man have happened. And he says this, he says, Therefore, be self-controlled. Be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. In other words, pray. Be awake, be alert. And then he goes on to tell us about the, our adversary. We have an adversary. But here's the good news. He's already lost. He's already been defeated. We have have access to the victory that has been bought through the blood and the, and, the, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? 
But the thing is, is we want to walk in that. We want to be a part of that. We want to, we want to apply that wisdom and that fact in our lives by the faith that has been given us to do so. But, but we got to be watchful because there's an adversary. And even though he's already lost, that doesn't mean that he's not going to try to cause as much damage as he can. But we're to be watchful against the adversary. Be watchful. And here's what we do. We, we sit around. Man, it's, it's amazing how we are no different than Eve and Adam. Is that what God really said? Instead of Eve and Adam going and seeking counsel with the Lord, they actually sat down and had a conversation with the enemy. And the enemy convinced them that he was right. You see, prayer is where we can go and counsel with our Father, who is holy. We can, we can communicate with our commander. We can communicate with our side so that we make sure that, that, that our mind is not jacked up, that our flesh is not speaking, but our spirit is prevailing and being discerning of, okay, this is what's going on in our life. Because we do, man. We'll, 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 we'll read something in Scripture or maybe God will speak through us through, through a word or whatever, and immediately we begin to try to break it down. When the answer is so obviously clear what God is trying to tell us, and, but we're like, no, we need to think about this more. Do you really? Remember, once again, Jesus, the disciples saying, Lord, we don't have enough faith to forgive people 70 times in a day. And he says, servants do what they're told. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and it's all about, what, what prayer is about is sometimes is about getting clear orders from the general on how to pursue in this battle. Because you know what, God, God has used different tactics. What, you know, I love it when, when you study about the men going to battle in the Bible. What, the, the ones that won, what did they always do? They went and worshipped Jehovah. They went and worshipped. They went into the tabernacle. And they said, Lord, we're, we're about to fight. And we need your direction. And God would say, okay, I want, you to, I want you to hide over here and I want you to ambush them. Or I want, you to just, I, want you to go, I want you to go straight on and I'm going to cause confusion in the enemy and they're going to kill themselves and you're just going to have to do the cleanup work. You see? Because when you go into the fight, you want, you want to make sure that you're getting clear communication from the Father on how, how do I address this? How do I go about this? You see, because if what you knew about going into the fight was good enough, then you wouldn't need to talk to God at all. Even Satan wants to communicate into your life how you should fight him. Well, think about that. Think, you know, the, the enemy, the enemy, you know, uh, counterintelligence. I mean, they're trying to make you think something so that you would make a bad decision that's going to be in their favor so they can whip your butt. That's what it's about. And so we need to get clear commands. We need to get clear wisdom from the Word of God. You know, and you know what, this... this this goes right along with prayer, reading the Word of God. This, this tests your prayers. This, this gives accountability to your prayers and what you're hearing from the Lord when you know that it, 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 it goes along with Scripture. But, but there's a lot of things in my life that, that, that okay, the Scripture answers this, but then there's the, some specifics, you know? There, there, are, there isn't a verse that says, Chad, I want you to graduate high school. I want you to do this, and I want you to do that, you know. But, but I get the general direction in here, but then I need God to speak into my life and say, Lord, I need specifics. 
Yesterday I was walking to my stand in the dark and I've gotten where I like wearing my, instead of wearing it on my head because I got a hat and all these things, I wear my, my headlamp all around my neck. And it's right here, right here where I need it. It's focused on my feet and it, it doesn't, you know, it's there. And, you know, you're always, when it's on your head, you're taking it off and on and you're misplacing it, but it's around my neck. It's, I don't even know it's there. I just turn it on, bam, there it is. So I'm walking and I'm walking through this, through this clear cut and it's like a garden rose. It's like a roller coaster. But, but it's, it's, the light is on my feet. And, I, and the, Lord began to, the Lord just reminded me of that scripture. The, the word, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. But here's the thing. When I would go to look for the depth, I couldn't see. And God says, don't worry about that. Worry about right here. And we as Christians, we need to get so attuned with the Lord that we begin to watch our steps where they are. Because if our steps are where they are right, where they need to be right now, they're going to get to where God wants them to be 10 steps later. Amen? We worry so much about what am I going to do in 10 steps? And the Lord says, don't worry about it. Do it right now. Abraham, leave your country. I ain't going to tell you nothing. Just leave. Come on with me. Abraham says, okay. And it says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness because he didn't sit there and say, well, God, I need a 10-year plan or a 20-year plan. He said, God, I'm going to follow you right now. I'm going to go where the light is shining right now. I'm going to move forward and I know that, that when it gets, when, when I come to the edge of the light, you're going to shine more light. And I'm going to continue forward. And we sit in our pews and we sit in our homes and we sit in our jobs saying, God, I need to know where to go next. And we ain't even got to the edge of the light yet. God says, move forward in the direction that you know to go right now. And I will take you and I will guard your flanks and I will guard your rear and I will go before you. See, God is a 360 guy. I've done stupid things in my life that God has protected me from, the things that I have done. He says, I'll take care of that. Amen? I need that kind of protection because I'm a moron. I don't, know, I don't want to call you a moron, but think of a word for yourself that would describe you without Jesus because without Jesus and without God's direction, you're like me. And I'm calling myself a moron. I don't want to call you a moron. But you got my point, right? You're something that needs Jesus. But we... <laughs> wow. We need to push the perimeters of the light. See, we want to stay in the middle of the light where it's safe and where we can see 360 degrees and there's no, we don't have to trust for the next step. We're trying to stay a step behind. We need to push the perimeter and trust God that he's going to keep moving that light. See, when it was on my neck, I can't adjust it on my neck like I can my head. I can turn my head. But when you put it on your neck, that light is fixed on your feet. And that's what God says. I am fixed on your feet, son. Focus on your steps. One step at a time. I will take care of tomorrow. The Bible says, cast your anxieties on him. It says, tomorrow, tomorrow has enough, today has enough troubles of its own. Don't take no thought for tomorrow. We need to be people that are walking, in, he says, in the light, but we need to, we need to continually, we're, we're, we're to expand the light too, right? We're to be light bearers. We're to be shining greater. We're to, we're to, we're to, we're to dominate the darkness with the light. We're to move that light. That light isn't meant to be fixed in one place and never spread and cast light on anything else. 
But we're to be watchful of the adversary. We're to be watchful through prayer. We're also to be watchful in the Spirit. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And then Jesus says, The Spirit indeed is willing. He says, But the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. And, and we, we do. When we, when we start thinking with the flesh and operating in the flesh, it's not going to be to any advantage to you. It's going to be even more of a disadvantage. We need to be people of the Spirit. What does the Spirit of the Lord say in this situation in my life? And when He speaks, don't break it down and screw it up. You ever played that game where you get in a circle and you're like, you spread the message and by the time it gets back to you, is it, is it even what you said? No. We do that with God. God sometimes even gives you know, us a word. And, and, you know, the intention of man is what messes things up. Because I can come to you for five different reasons. or with, I could come to you for the same thing but have five different intentions behind it. Am I truly coming to hear what God says or am I coming to hear what I want God to say to me? And, and we need to make sure that we are spiritually discerning what the Word says and what the Word of God says. But we need to be watchful in the Spirit. And also we need to be watchful in faith. Once again, I want to remind you, God did not, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What condition? You know, they talk about, you talk about weapons, right? Rifles and pistols. There's conditions, right? There, there's, there's, there's a condition where there's no round in the chamber, it's on safe and all that, all the way to where this thing is in ready, ready condition. There's a round in the chamber, it's, it's, it's off safe, and all you got to do is squeeze the trigger, right? But, but we talk about what condition should we always be in? Fearless, with power, and love. Amen? We should always be in that condition. When, when, we, when we get out of condition, we need to make sure that we get into condition before we begin to make decisions about what the Word of God is telling us. We need to get in our right minds. We need to get sober. We need to get vigilant, you know, before we start making decisions. And that's why it's so important as a body of Christ, you know, that we, we, we encourage one another, that we help one another, that we support one another and, and say, okay, you know, we need to, we need to make sure that you know, if, if, if I see somebody that's out of condition, say, look, man, you need to get in a condition or you're going to make some goofy decisions here. We need to pray for one another, the Bible says. It's one of the one another's. There's 35 plus of them, you know, that, that all stem from where Jesus says love one another. But we need to continually one another, one another. You know, we need to love one another, serve one another, admonish one another, encourage one another, help one another. Amen? And pray for one another. Because, because we're not just out to protect ourselves, we're to protect the body of Christ. It, it is amazing when you walk around through the community how many, how many people want to complain about their own churches. And when people come in here and want to be a part of our church, and the first thing they have to say is how much they hated their last pastor, you know who the next pastor is there on their list? Me. Me. That's not very encouraging to me. Because right, there's people that have come through here and they griped about their last pastor. And you know what? I'm glad for their last pastor. They're not griping about him anymore. But I don't feel good about myself because I know now that I'm the pastor that's being griped about. That sorry, sap sucker, no good, whatever, you know. And it all boils down to this. I didn't do things the way that they liked it. 
But they liked their last church. I, well, why'd you leave? You see how crazy people are? It's, it's, it's insane. But we as a body, man, are, are to protect one another. We're to speak well of one another. If you've got anything bad to say, you need to say it in between you and keep it between you. Jesus says if you, if you have an offense with your brother, go to him. Not his Facebook profile. Go to him and say, look, buddy, I love you, but, man, we've got to work this out. I'm losing sleep. And if you're not, then you need to repent because, you know, you, you know something ain't right here. We're, we're, we're walking in the flesh. We're not walking in the spirit with one another. And, and, and remember that the, the point of, of, of this is restoration, not rightness. It's about I want, I want to be able to go to bed and not have ill will against you. I want to go to bed knowing that me and you have peace. Amen? That's what it's about. God, God, if we could see how many ways that Satan could come in and destroy and devour. And we get, our, we get our intel from the enemy. And we operate with the intel that we have from the enemy. And we destroy churches from the intel of the enemy. And we destroy families from the intel of the enemy. Go look at World War II. Oh, everybody was doing it. They would, they would fly big planes over the enemy and they would drop leaflets with false information trying to get those people to turn and to give up and quit fighting for the cause of which they had been caused to do. The Nazis were doing it to us. We were doing it to the Nazis. Of course, I believe that we were on the right side at the time. Just a little bit too late. Too many Polish people died before we said we would go. You hear what I'm saying? Prayer. Prayer is our intel. Prayer is our guidance. Prayer is our direction. Prayer is saying, that's bad intel. That don't line up with the Word. That doesn't line up with the Spirit of God. That doesn't line up with the will of God concerning you and the people that He has called. We've got to make sure that we are being fed correct information. We need to make sure that we as people are being wise and being biblical and listening by the Holy Spirit to make sure that we do not, instead of defend the weak spots, that we don't open the weak spots so that Satan can come in our presence. We've got to be people of the Word and people of the prayer. We've got to be watchful. We've got to be watchful, not in fear, but in knowing that we have the faith that if we do what God tells us to do, then we have protection in that area of our life. Amen? We have that. We have these promises from God. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has, given us a, he's, he has given us wisdom, and He has given us truth, and He has given us discernment by the Holy Spirit to decide this is legit, this is not legit. This doesn't line up with God, or it does. But he says, be watchful in faith. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And it says, be constant in prayer. We are to continuously pray even in tribulation. What are we, why are we being patient in tribulation? Because we are rejoicing and there's a hope. You rejoice in a hope when it ain't there yet because you know it's coming. And that's what gives you the ability to have patience in the tribulation. If, if you have absolutely no hope, 
that things are going to change. If you absolutely have no, no, no surety that God is going to move, then you're going to not, there's no, you have nothing that's going to give you patience. But as we read God's word and as we seek God's wisdom and as we pray with him and as we watch and as we're sober and as we're vigilant, we know that if we focus on God and that we wait upon the Lord, he will renew our strength when it's about to flee us. And it's in our weaknesses that God is made strong. And so we've got to pray without ceasing. We don't need to pray when the enemy's in the gate. They, they, they call them in the, they're in the wire. If, you, if you've watched Full Metal Jacket, like I said, you have to repent afterwards, but, you know, a lot of foul language. But I really can't imagine Marine Corps boot camp without foul language. That would be odd. Yeah, I guess you go in the, go in the Air Force. I don't know. Hey, I, I love my Air Force people because they, they have some good, awesome places to shop and eat. So, the, uh, it's inner service, it's inner service picking. I mean, everybody does it if you're in the service. So, if you're not in the service, don't judge because you don't rate. I wouldn't point at you with him. I had the finger kind of going like that. So, but let, let me ask you something. Man, I'm really thinking, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm really thinking today as I'm preaching, thinking, wow, the sufferings that, you know, Peter says if you're going to suffer, suffer for doing good, not from being a moron. You know, don't suffer from doing bad. Don't suffer from being stupid. Suffer for doing good. You know, the, Jesus said you're going to have persecution. If, you're, if, you, if you affiliate with me, people are going to give you a hard time. They're going to throw some rocks at you. They're going to spit on you. They're going to call you dirty names. They're going to try to, 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 to de- defeat you. But here's the deal. How many of us defeat our own selves? How many of us give aid to the enemy because we're not sober, because we're not watchful, because we're not vigilant, because we're not, we're not watching and praying? Watching and praying. Watching and praying. There's so much going on in a prayer. Oh, it's like walking in the jungle with your, you know, it's, it's, it's like you've got, you've got Father God by the hand, the Holy Father God by the hand when you're praying and you're holding his hand and you're just walking through and you're saying, thank you, God, I love you. I got some things I need you to take care of because they're beyond me. And, uh, and the Father is watching over you and he's saying, hey, pay attention while I'm teaching you about what to watch in life. It's amazing at all the destruction and death that has been caused in life that could have been prevented if people would have been sober and vigilant and watchful. You know, like Cammie, my little girl, Princess Leia this morning. Her head looked so big in that wig. <laughs> I think, I lay in bed with her at night and I just love on her and I think, man, this kid does not know how good she has it. I think about I think about kids that don't have nobody watching over them. And I want you to think about this in relationship with God. Nobody's watching over them. And they go to bed hungry. They have no guidance. They have nobody to love them. I love on Cammy every night. 
before I go to bed. And she's got that stupid loft bed, and it kills my feet, that little ladder. I'm standing on this ladder rung. It was so nice when I could just crawl into bed with her. I'm afraid it's going to collapse if I get up there. But, you know, we have a God who watches over us, who provides for us, who loves us dearly, and who cares for us. And that's what prayer is about. It's about that relationship. It's, hey, how are you doing? How was school today? What's got you stressed out? You shouldn't be stressed. Last night, Cammie was that short from riding the ride. She rode every ride at the heart, at the Village Creek Festival. Every ride. And she could not ride that one ride. She got in the car, dude. She was so, she was crying. I said, Cammie, is it worth letting that one ride destroy all the others? And she went, yes. I'm like, really? I asked her several things, and she, and she was answering the same accordingly. I'm like, this is not going anywhere. I ended up bribing her with pizza and Ben and Jerry's. It was really for me, the Ben and Jerry's. But Huh, dude. Wow. You see what God's just trying to offer us? When I go when I when she was in a normal bed that my little midget rear end could get in easy, she Cammy every night I could walk to her room. She would have her hand on the covers. And as soon as I broke the door, she went, she threw the covers back. Meaning, get in the bed, Dad. And sometimes I would get in the bed and I would just do, I would be like a fish. I would just put my hands on my side. I wouldn't touch her. I'd kind of keep a little distance. And she'd go, <clears throat> and I'm like, what? You know. And I'd play this game with her. No, I want you to tell me. Because I'm selfish like any other parent. I want, I want you to tell me how much you love me. I want you to tell me what you want. I know what you want to do. You know what? God knows every need that you have. So why pray? Because he wants to hear you ask. He wants to hear you talk to him. The same way that we even manipulate sometimes our kids just to get them to say something that we want to hear just because it makes us feel better. You know what? It makes God feel so good for you to say, God, I need you. God, I love you. God, I want you. Dude, me and Cammie have made songs. She's getting too cool now to sing them with me. And, and it goes, Cammy, I love you. Cammy, I need you. Cammy, I want you. So bad, so bad. And she used to sing it back to me using my name. I'm getting some intimate stuff here. It's crazy. One night, we've, one night we've, we sang it to Christy on the phone. She was gone and we sang it to her. Man, it just made her day. That's all God wants. That's all God wants. We've turned prayer into some mechanical slot machine. Prayer is slipping out of your bed and going to get in the bed with Dad. 
to love on him, to be loved on, to tell him your problems, to tell him your needs, your concerns, your fears, so that you can sleep peacefully and fearlessly without concern and know that if, any, if, the, if the boogeyman came out from under the bed, dad would smack him in the grape, you know, and you wouldn't have to mess with it. That's all it is. That's what prayer is. So why don't we pray like we ought to? Why don't we rely so much on ourselves? Why do we, God, why don't we try to fix our own messes? Why don't we try to get out of pits that we can't get out of? I love that scripture. It says the the arm of the Lord is not too short (laughs) where he can't reach you where you're at. No matter how deep you are, God's arm is not too short. So we need to become people of prayer. We need to to become a people that, that, like it initially says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That, that we, we start at verse 1 and that we, we, don't, we don't get up every day and recite the Lord's Prayer and turn it to some mechanical device, but we, we read this and we say, what all, what all are you wanting to, to have happen here? I want to have a relationship with you. I want to take care of you. I want to protect you, and I want to lead you through this life one light spot at a time and get you to where I want you to go. Amen? So what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Man, I just, let's just, let's just truly for one, just, just a short time, let's just worship the Lord and respond to what he says. You know, worship is a great time. Robert was preaching a message and it's a, going back to the Old Testament, that time of worship in the, in the tabernacle, it was a time of repentance. In other words, they went out and fought and they lost. And they went, uh-oh, something didn't go right. Let's go back and repent so that we can fight again and win. Amen? It was a time of uh, rejoicing. When they did go to fight and they won, they would always come back to the tabernacle and say, thank you, God, that we won. You know, but what, what is it that the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart today? As Sharisa just everybody just stand to your feet, and as Sharisa leads us in a, a just a just a little bit of a song. If you need to come pray, say, Lord, help me pray. Lord, help me value prayer as I should. But whatever it is today, just respond to the Father.